Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you all and it's good to see you on a Wednesday evening for our times of inspiration which is our midweek service hallelujah i trust that you've had a good day my apologies to you we took off a little late there were a few hitches but thank god that better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof hallelujah and i believe that by the grace of god we're going to have a blessed time in his presence i want you to close your eyes for a moment and just commune with the holy spirit and speak to him Inviting him as we usually do to touch our lives and to help us as we sit through this evening's service that every message that God has for us and everything that God has purpose to do in our lives nothing will hinder it no bad attitude of ours no wrong way of thinking or of behaving will prevent us from being blessed tonight Speak to the Lord right now, everybody. Speak to the Lord. Speak to Him. Speak to the Lord. We worship you, Lord. We bless your name and we thank you. Holy Spirit, have free cause amongst us tonight. I pray that you touch each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Everything in heaven and everything on earth were made by Him. 
It's an honor just to stand before you. To stand before you. Holy. commit tonight's service into your hands reign amongst us let your glory be seen give us understanding and insight concerning your word and your purposes for us in jesus mighty name let everybody say amen say amen again now clap as loud as you can as if your hands belong to you amen God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to continue sharing with you about seven attitudes you must have towards your church family. We've been looking at this subject for some time. A couple of weeks, I believe. Seven attitudes you must have toward your church family. And an attitude I explained to you some time ago is a way of thinking or a way of behaving depending on how your mind is working hallelujah and i've made it clear to us from the previous sessions that when we say the church we are referring to you and i the church is the body of believers when you become born again, when you give your life to Jesus, when you accept him as Lord and Savior, you become a part of the church. And the church is a family. The body of Christ, the church, is a family. And it is a very, very big family. Amen. Each and every one of us is part of the church family. The Bible says we are members in particular. But God has arranged things such that you can belong to a part or a unit or a section of the church family. The best illustration to use is the human body. Imagine that each one of us is like the cells in the human body. The human body is made up of billions of cells, I believe. But you see, each cell 
occupies a particular part of the body. So if you look at your skin, it's made up of a lot of cells. If you look at your leg, your feet, your arms, your hands, your heart, your liver, your kidneys, your intestines, they are all made up of several cells. And so a cell belongs to a particular part of the overall body. And that is how it is with you and I. We belong to the body of Christ, but the body of Christ, which is the church, which is a big family, is made up of different parts and different sections. And I explained to you that the different denominations and the different churches make up the different parts of the different units of this church family. Now, there is a certain way that we must behave when it comes to our church family. There is a certain way we must carry ourselves when it comes to our church family. And these attitudes are what I am seeking to share with you. When you don't have the right attitude towards something, you may not handle that thing well. Hallelujah. I'll say that again. If you do not have the right attitude towards something, you will not handle that thing well. So, for example, if you do not have a right attitude towards your education, you may not handle your education well. Is that easy to understand? Yes. And it explains why some people don't do so well at school. Part of the reason is because they do not have the right attitude towards their education. If God blesses you with a job and you do not have a right attitude towards that job, the likelihood that you will lose that job is very great. There are people who are laid off jobs reason being that their attitude towards the job or the work is not proper is not appropriate so that's how come they ended up losing it when it comes to the church family it is important that we have the right attitudes towards the church family you would recall that a few weeks ago I shared with you attitudes that we must come to God with alright and this time, I'm sharing with you attitudes that you must have toward your church family. The first attitude I shared with you is that you must be convinced that your church family is a good family. Hallelujah. So whichever church family you belong to, whichever particular unit of the body of Christ you belong to, you must be convinced that your church family is a good family. The reason is, if you are not convinced about that, you will not stay properly or you will not give yourself well to that church family. There are things that God wants you to do within your church family. And if you are not convinced that your church family is a good one, you may not do those things. And it will become a problem for you later on. So the first attitude you must have towards your church family is to be convinced that your church family is a good family. By the grace of God, we belong to a church or the part of the body of Christ, a church family called the Shepherd's Fold Restoration Family. You and I must be convinced that this church family is a good family so that we can give ourselves well to everything that God wants us to do in that church family. Can I have an amen from somebody? Can I hear a loud hallelujah from somebody? Number two, the second attitude is that you must join your church family properly and be fully committed to it. You must join your church family properly and be fully committed to it. It is important wherever you believe God wants you to be, Whichever part of the body of Christ or church family that God wants you to be, 
if you're convinced that that is where God wants you to be, there is a need to give yourself properly and to join that church family properly and to be fully committed to what goes on there. I read to you when I shared this point with you last week from the Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 where the Bible describes the believers in the early church that they devoted themselves or they committed themselves steadfastly to the apostles' doctrine, to prayers, to breaking of bread, and to fellowship. And when you read further on, you realize that they were so committed and so devoted that not only did they put themselves into the church, but they even put their resources and their property into the church. So much so that when they realized and they saw that there was a need, people had issues, people had problems. Those who had properties sold them and brought the money so that it would be distributed to those who had a need. And you see in that early church that there was a lot of love, there was a lot of unity, there was a lot of togetherness. And I believe that one of the reasons why it was like that is because they gave themselves fully and they were totally committed to their church family. Can I have an amen from somebody? And so if you belong to the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family or whichever church family you belong to, you must join that church family properly and be fully committed. But there's a caveat. You must not become a fanatic. A fanatic is somebody who behaves in an extreme way and you can't criticize the person for his or her behavior. Alright? So, those who get involved in suicide bombing are fanatics. There are people who are extremists. There's a name for them, fundamentalists. You have some in the Christian faith. You have some in the body of Christ. And you have some in other religions. There are people who are prepared to kill others because they don't agree with them. Now, anybody who behaves in that way has a serious problem. And something is not all right with you. If you are so much, as it were, hooked to your church family that you are prepared to destroy anybody else who doesn't agree with you and the way you think and the way you want to do things. You are prepared to destroy that person. It's a sign that something is seriously wrong with you. And so yes, you must join your church family properly. Yes, you must be fully committed to your church family, but it must, it must not be outside reason. And, and, and logic and a proper way of behaving. Can I have an amen with somebody? There's no need to attack anybody who doesn't agree with you. There's no need to see anybody who disagrees with your way of doing things to see that person as an enemy, as an opponent that must be hurt or that must be harmed by all means. It's an irrational way of behaving and it is not the way of God. It is not the way of Christ. Hallelujah. So, second attitude is to join your church family properly and be fully committed. The third attitude, I didn't get to the third one, I suppose. Alright, so number three. Seven attitudes you must have toward your church family. The third one is you must determine to make a difference in your church family you must determine to make a difference in your church family. Write that down, please. Determine to make a difference in your church family. And that is to say that you must not just add to the numbers, but your presence in that church family should make a difference. So much so that when you are not around, we should feel it. If you don't come to church and we don't notice it, 
it's a sign that you don't make a difference. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? I said, if you don't come to church and nobody notices it, it's a sign that something is wrong and you don't really make a difference. Because if you make a difference, we will notice it when you are not around. Let's look at a long passage of scripture. It's long ago. But there's a reason for it. Romans chapter 16, reading from 1 to 16. There should be no problem with reading the Bible in the church. Because where else or where less must the church be read? Must the Bible be read? If we get to a point where reading the Bible in church becomes a problem or a problem, then you should know that something is off and something is not right. And nothing must replace the Bible in the church. Not anybody's writings. Not anybody's revelation must replace the Bible in the church. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yes. So we are reading the Bible and you should always be happy when the Bible is read. Now, this is the Apostle Paul bringing to a close a long letter that he wrote to the believers in Rome. Chapter 16 of Romans is the last chapter of the book of Romans. And in this chapter, it is only greetings. <laughs> we start. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Sancria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs. Now, can you read with me the last sentence? Ready, go. For she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Now, this is describing somebody who makes a difference. Is that not so? Yes. We continue. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them and so are all the Gentile churches. So Priscilla and Aquila, we can see that they made a difference. Is that not so? He says, also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Continues. Greet my dear friend Epenitus. She comes from the Volta region. So the short form of his name is Epe. Do you see? Yes, Epe. So if you are called Epe, your name is in the Bible. And the long form of your name is Epenitus. If you know anybody called Epe, when you go, go and tell the person that I have seen your, your name in the Bible, it means that you're a very important person. Hallelujah. Now, what does it say about him? He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Obviously, this is somebody who made a difference. He was the first convert. And he made so much of a difference that he was greeted. It continues. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Can you see another person who made a difference? Greet Andronicus and Juniah, my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Will you agree with me that these are people who made a difference in the church? Greet Amplitus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ and my dear friend Starkis. So that's where we got the name Starkis Tuna. Do you see? Yes. Great Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves. And give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodion, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa. So if you have twins, you can call them Tryphena and Tryphosa. 
Yeah. I don't think that there's anybody around who is called that. So choose these names and it will be unique to your children. Amen. So Trifi and Trifo. Beautiful. The Lord's workers and to dear Persis who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus whom the Lord picked out to be his very own and also his dear mother who has been a mother to me. Can you see that all these people made a difference in the church? Give my greetings to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philologos, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and to Olympus, and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other in Christian love. All the Christians of Christ, all the churches of Christ send you their greetings. Hallelujah. I took my time to read this long passage to draw your attention that there are people who make a difference. And you and I must determine that we will make a difference in our church family. Hallelujah. It is one of the attitudes we must have. Don't just be somebody who comes and goes and doesn't contribute much to what goes on in the church. There is always something that you can contribute. Some contribute much. Some contribute not so much. But like we say in key, Kitwebia Enswa. It makes a lot of difference. Never ever belong to a church family and you don't contribute anything. You don't serve in the church. You don't pay your time. You don't support projects. You don't help when there's a call to do something for the brethren you don't avail yourself for anything that we want to do as a church if you don't do these things it's a sign and an indication that you are not making much of a difference and and you know there's a song we used to sing when the saints go marching in oh when the saints go marching in oh lord i want to be in their number when the saints go marching in it's a very powerful song but you see i don't want you to just want to be part of the number <laughs> is that all your life is about is that all your christian experience is about there must be more to it than that. Not only must you add to the numbers, but you must be somebody who makes a difference and contributes significantly to what goes on in the church family. Can I have an amen from somebody? Tell the person sitting by you from today, make sure that you make a difference in this church family. Ask the person, by the way, do you make a difference? And let the person answer. Look into the eyes of your neighbor. I'm sure you've known him or her for some time. So tell the person whether he or she makes a difference. Tell the person right now. Evelyn, what do you want to tell your friend? Does she make a difference? Akanakakra. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's one of the important attitudes to develop in your church family. You must make a difference. Don't just be there. There must be more to you than that. Tell your neighbor there must be more to you than that. For some people, they may not be able to, as it were, join a department, be part of home cell meetings or whatever. They may, they may help to support the church financially when we are doing any projects and somebody like that is making a difference in the church by all means there is something that you can do don't hold back 
Don't hold back from God. Make a difference. If you sing, don't hold back your gift. If you can act, don't hold back your gift. If you are somebody who has this thing of being able to relate well with others, don't hold back your gift. You can be part of the of the of the protocol ladies, the protocol department who welcome the people to church. And I'm grateful to God for all those who make a difference in the running of this church. And I can talk about so many different people. But I just want to single out two. And I hope that nobody will be angry that I didn't single you out. So it means that you don't appreciate what I do. But that these two gentlemen, I call them Paul and Silas. Alright? Now, they are in church and they make so much of a difference. Before you come to church, they set the place up. They come to sweep the church. They help to tidy up the place. They are among the last to leave church anytime we meet. Every Sunday, oh, they are amongst the last. And you should see how hard they work to make sure that things are going on well. And I know that my God will supply all their needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so Paul and Sarah and all those of you who contribute and make a difference in this church, I say to you, God bless you mightily. And you too can be part of that team. I said you too can be part of that team. Lift up your hand and say from today, I am part of those who make a difference in this church. Clap your hands unto the Lord. The next attitude. The next attitude you must have is that you cannot change your biological family but you can change the church family unit to which you belong (laughs) now this is a very controversial thing but i want you to listen carefully to it i'll say it again you cannot change your biological family but you can change the church family unit to which you belong you cannot change your biological family, but you can change the, fa- the church family unit to which you belong. So in other words, you can choose where you want to be. You can choose where you want to be in the body of Christ. And God has given you that choice. Hallelujah. So it's one of the attitudes you must have. That one of the liberties that God has given to me one of the rights that I can exercise as a Christian is to choose which part of the body of Christ or which family unit, church family unit, I want to belong to. It's your right. And you must have that attitude of, I can. I have a right to choose where I want to belong. Hallelujah. You see, one of the major things that God has allowed in the church is diversity and options diversity and options god has allowed it that is why there isn't just one type of church and that is why there isn't just one denomination and so if you look at the body of christ it is made up of several churches and it is made up of several denominations And I'm convinced that God has deliberately allowed it so. So that you can have a choice. And you can choose where you want to be. And you must believe that it is your right. And nobody should take that right away from you. Hallelujah. So choose where you want to be and stay there. Now let me show you 
this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse 12 to 20. We are reading the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse 12 to 20. It says, the human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Did you see that? So it means that the body of Christ is made up of different parts. But it is one body. Then it goes on to clarify this point and to expand on it. It says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. So some are Orthodox, some are Protestants, some are Pentecostals, some are Charismatics, and some are Crazymatics. Because I don't know what is going to come next. You know? It goes on to say, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. So we are many. But we are one body. We are one body in Christ. So there's a song we sing. Though we are many. We are one body, we are one body in Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, we are one body in Christ. Then there's another part that says, One faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Binding us together in one love. Continues. One hope in the one God. One Father over all. Though we are many, we are one body. We are one body in Christ. Oh, though we are many, we are one body. We are one body in Christ. That's a beautiful song. And it's, it, it, it is a song that is bringing out a very powerful truth. We are many. But we are one body. So there are many churches. But the mindset and the attitude must be that we are one body. One faith. One hope. One father overall. So it doesn't matter whether you are orthodox, protestant, Pentecostal, charismatic, and the new one is which one? Crazymatic? It shouldn't really be a problem. We may have differences. We may not agree on exactly everything. But I've come to see that we agree on many more things than things we don't agree on. And where it comes to the essential biblical truths and doctrines of the Christian faith, we agree on all of them. So there's, there, there, there is something we call the Apostles' Creed. And that is what virtually all churches believe. So I'm just saying to you that we are many, many churches. And you have a right to choose which one you want to belong to. And nobody should take that right away from you. Am I saying something important to everyone? Yes. Because of that, there are a number of things you must do. Choose wisely. Which of the family units you want to belong to? Choose wisely. Why? So that you wouldn't have to be changing churches ever so often. Choose wisely. 
choose which part of the church family you want to belong to but choose wisely so that as much as possible you can just stay where you decided to be number two choose based on a number of criteria such as so when you're trying to decide which church family you must belong to there are some things you should look out for number one is jesus truly exalted in that church and is he really the lord in that church ask yourself is jesus truly exalted and is he really lord in that church because you see it is important that the lord of the church and the owner of the church is giving first place and is exalted and lifted up in his church are you here with me or you you, you have gone to greenhouse you are here yeah so ask yourself is jesus truly exalted and is he really lord in that church number two is the holy spirit recognized and acknowledged in that church is the holy spirit recognized and acknowledged in that church ask yourself do they recognize the spirit of god is he acknowledged in that church if he's not i will not advise you to be a part of that church family some other people may want to be there but for you if you know what is critical and important you would want to be where the holy spirit is recognized and acknowledged the other one is the true and unadulterated word of god preached is the true and unadulterated word of god preached so whichever church family you are choosing to belong to i've explained to you that you have a right to choose where you want to be you have that right and nobody should take it away from you but in choosing where you want to be you must choose properly and one of the things you must ask yourself is that is the unadulterated the true word of god unadulterated means that the unfair frame pure it's not every fuel station you buy fuel from they may have the the, the, the ghana standards board sticker on the machine but it may interest you to know that not all the fuel we buy is is is, is clean and there are some of the fuel stations where their storage is there's a lot of water in the ground and sometimes it has a way of sipping into the storage and if you go and buy fuel from such places as you are moving away and driving your car you will notice things sometimes your car will be jacking jacking and moving in, in a very very funny way so that's what it means that's what we call adulterated and i'm saying to you that when you are choosing which church you want to belong to be sure or try and check out whether it is the true and unadulterated word of god that is preached and not just somebody's ideas or somebody's experiences thank god for people's experiences but i'll tell you this i have a problem with any pastor who is always emphasizing his personal experiences thank god for them thank god for them but you have to understand something that your personal experiences are not the yardstick by which we are supposed to live the christian life because god deals differently with people and everybody has a different grace at work upon him do you understand what i'm saying to you and we have to understand that we are what we are by the grace of god but then if in presenting the gospel you make it look as if you are the standard that everybody must emulate i have a problem with that because the standard is christ jesus and he is the one we must look up to and he is the one we must fashion ourselves after am i saying something that makes sense to you so 
it, the emphasis must be the word of God. The unadulterated word. That is what must be ministered and that is what must be emphasized. And not just somebody's ideas and somebody's experiences. Am I helping you? Another thing you should ask yourself, is there righteousness, love, peace and joy in the church? Is there righteousness, love, peace and joy in the church? Let's look at some scriptures. Romans chapter 14 verse 17. Whichever church family you join, there must be righteousness. They must believe in living right and doing the right things. There must be love. Not quarrelings and fightings and strife and confusion. There must be love. There must be joy. You must be happy when you're coming to church. And, and, and there must be peace. Not that there's always conflict. When Wenki. This person is fighting with this person. This person doesn't talk to this person. And then those of you who always have that sort of thing and you're always emphasizing it. I, I don't like this person. I don't want this person. I, I, I won't come to the... Some people say, I won't go to church again because this person comes to church. I don't like this person. He hates me. She hates me. So I won't go to church again. And then there are all these things. It is a problem. And it's a sign that you are still a baby in the Lord. Hallelujah. By the way, in case you are not aware, the church is like a hospital. What kinds of people do you find in a hospital? Sick people. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's who you find in a hospital. And all of us, God is working on us in one way or the other. Some of us is working on our head. Our head doesn't work well. So he's working on our head. Some of us, he's working on our hearts. Our hearts don't work well. Some of us, he's working on our emotions. You are too one plug. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. God is working on every one of us. And sicknesses, there are levels and dimensions. There are severe ones and not so severe ones. Usually if your head is paining you, don't worry too much. And the best antidote if your head is paining you is drink a lot of water. Don't always be in a rush to go and take paracetamol and amodaqui and diclo. Ah, why is somebody saying diclo? No, but I don't just take it like that. Eh? So, the church is like a hospital. And all of us have things that God is working on. So that's something you must understand. I'll talk about that as we go along. But I'm pointing out certain things to you. So in Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in whichever church family you decide to affiliate with, find out whether these things are there. Anywhere. Then let's look at some other scripture. John 13, 35. John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So where there is love, that is where God is and that is where you can say that these people are really the disciples of Jesus where there is love love is patient love is kind love does not keep a record of, of wrongs believes all things hopes all things where there is love where there is love it's a clear sign that Jesus is in that church so you just don't stay anywhere where you don't feel the love so whatever church you decide to join, you must ask yourself, is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace? James 3.16 For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. So wherever you are, any church family where every time there's strife, there's envy, there's confusion and all of that. Bible says that it, it just shows that there's something wrong with that place. It says where there's envy and strife, there is confusion in every evil work. 
So it's your right to choose which church family you must belong to. But I'm explaining to you that you must choose wisely and you must choose based on all these criteria that I've shared with you. And I also want to say to you that you have not committed a crime if you decide to go to another church. Changing churches shouldn't make you an enemy. Amen. You have not committed a crime if you decide to go to another church. Maybe, you know, you are in a church and you, you, you feel that things are not working in a certain way. You have not committed a crime. You have not committed treason. Just because you decided that you want to go somewhere else. It's not a problem. Somebody shouldn't fight with you because of that. Why? That, why is it you've left a job? You used to work here. You left that place. You've gone to work somewhere else. So because of that, you are an enemy at, at the old place that you left. It doesn't happen like that. If you develop friendships in that old place, it should be possible for you to walk in and check on the people there. How are you? How are things going? And all of that. It shouldn't be a problem. And this is something that happens in the secular world all the time. So where the church is concerned, if you decide that you don't want to be a part of this church, but you want to be a part of another church, it shouldn't make you an enemy. If for any reason you decide that you don't want to be a part of this church, why should, why should that make you my enemy? That I won't talk to you again. Why? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's your choice and it's your right. There's something you are looking for. If you don't get it where you are and you want to go somewhere else, it's your choice. It's your right. And you are not a bad person if you were to do anything like that. And the fact of the matter is that in a typical church, people have come from somewhere. Is that not so? Yeah. Most of you here, you were somewhere else. And you, you, you ended up here. It's not a problem. So you should not be seen as an enemy by wherever you left. And whenever it is like that, we have a serious problem. So you've not committed a crime. And it's, an, it's, it's a mindset that you have, you must have, that I've not committed a crime if I go to another church. Then the next thing, go where you'll be blessed and fulfilled. Go where you'll be blessed and fulfilled. Then the next one, note that there's nothing like a perfect church. So if you're looking for a perfect church, you'll be wasting your time. Now, I'm saying this also to point out something to you. That you have a right to go wherever you want to go. But if your problem is that you're looking for a perfect church where there's no problem, there are no issues and all of that, then you'll be, you, you'll be moving all the time because there's nothing like a perfect church. There are some main things that you should look out for. Those are the things I have mentioned. Is Jesus exalted? Is the Holy Spirit acknowledged? Is the pure and unadulterated word preached? Is there love in the church? Is there joy? Is there peace in the church? Is it a church that believes in people doing the right thing, living right and all of that? If you see those things, then it's a sign that where you, where you are going is a good place. But this does not mean that, you know, if, if you are somewhere and then there's a little challenge and whatever, you decide that I'll no longer stay in that place. That becomes a problem. That becomes a problem. But if you realize, if you are somewhere and you read that every time there's something, there's an issue, one thing or the other. You see, when you come to church and you're going, you must be strengthened. You must be encouraged. You must be edified. You must be built up. You must be given hope. If you come to church and you don't get those things, it's a sign that something is not right. And of course, one of the things that happens when you come to church is that you are corrected. Because the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for instruction in righteousness and all of that, for reproof, for correction. So it can't be that when you come to church, every time we are, we are saying things to send you to cloud nine. There are times when God rebukes and corrects us. But even in the rebuke and in the correction, you can feel the love. That's what I'm talking about. 
So, there's nothing like a perfect church. So, if you are looking for one, you'll be wasting your time. And then the last thing is, if constantly you are stressed out, unhappy, dissatisfied. If constantly you are stressed out, unhappy, dissatisfied, manipulated, controlled, intimidated, and exploited in a church, know that it is time to move on. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? If constantly you are stressed out, number one, unhappy, number two, dissatisfied, number three, manipulated, number four, controlled, number five, intimidated, number six. When you go back, go and check the meaning of all these words. Exploited. If constantly you experience this in a church, it's a sign that it's time to move on. Because these things are not good things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, these are some things that should guide you. And all of these are under the point four, where I explain to you that you cannot change your biological family, but you can change the family unit or the church family unit to which you belong. And you can choose where you want to be. And nobody should take that right away from you. It's an attitude that you must have. And it's important. Otherwise, you, you may be somewhere where you're just going down, 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 down. You're not being built up. You're not being encouraged. You're not seeing progress and advancement in your life, in your Christian work, in your Christian experience. And that's not good for you. Because you may end up somewhere that you never intended to be. So these are some of the things I want to share with you. And next week, by the grace of God, I will continue and finish up on the attitudes that we must have toward our church family. I've shared four of them with you so far. The first one is be convinced that your church family is a good family. Say with me, my church family is a good family. Number two, you must join your church family properly and be fully committed. Say with me, I'm joining my church family properly and I'm going to be fully committed. Number three, determine to make a difference in the church family. Say with me, I will make a difference in my church family then number four you cannot change your biological family but you can change the family unit the church family unit to which you belong and you can choose where you want to be say with me i have a right to choose where i want to be next week we are going to continue and finish up this teaching on seven attitudes that you must have towards your church family rise to your feet and let us close and i trust that you have been blessed hallelujah Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for tonight. And thank you for your word. I believe that these are things that you would want us to know and understand. So that we will not operate in error. And so that we will not be into something that you have not planned for us to be in. And I pray that you would help us by your spirit to remember these attitudes that we have learned attitudes that we must have towards our church family i pray in the name of jesus that may we see what we must see and may we make the right choices where our church family is and once we decide may we be committed and devoted may we be discerning also to see what we must see in jesus mighty name let everybody say amen say amen again Clap your hands unto the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. God bless you and you may be seated. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.